0: gone off with Daddy to see if he can find a tree what he can cut down and trim up for a mast Even little Finn has been helping, keeping an eye on Dermot while Mammy's cooking The Mary Ellen was a sturdy, black tarred fishing boat, the pride and joy of Colum Kildare's heart However, on the previous day Colum and Brendan had been returning to the little cove where they kept the boat delighted with their catch, when a sudden gale had sprung up Colum had leapt to reef the sail, meaning to lie out the storm, as they'd done on many another occasion. But whilst he was lowering the stiff, rust-red canvas, a strong gust had torn the material from his hands, ripping it to shreds, and snapping the mast off short, a mere foot above the deck. It would be a costly business replacing sail, mast and sheets. But, as Colum had pointed out, it could have been a great deal worse— If the sail and mast had not gone, then the Mary Ellen might well have turned turtle, and had that happened, she would doubtless have been wrecked on the rocks that ran down from the shore into deep water. Sorry, 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 Daisy mumbled, because the thought of the awful accident which would put the Mary Ellen out of commission, her father had said, for as much as a fortnight, made her ashamed to admit that she had indeed hoped to escape from the cottage before her mother saw her. "'I forgot it were my turn to do the dishes. "'I expect Annabel did em so I'll take her turn tomorrow. "'I'll go down and start picking the mussels as soon as the toy turns. "'But oh, you want to lecture me some more?' "'She was watching Amanda's face a trifle anxiously, "'for her sister was quick on her feet, "'and if she chose to hand out a few sharp slaps, "'there was little Daisy could do to prevent her. "'But to her secret relief,' She saw amusement in the quirk of Amanda's mouth, and knew she was safe, for the time being at least. Oh, I don't want to lecture anyone, but you know we won't be getting any fish until the Mary Ellen's able to go to sea again. We'd probably all be picking mussels and digging cockles for a week or two. Yes, and Aunt Jane's coming soon, Daisy reminded her sister. That'll mean spring cleaning the cottage from top to bottom and even more cooking than you and Mammy have done today. I wish we could write and put her off because of the boat being broke, but Mammy says there's no time, and anyway she says Aunt Jane is a big help and won't mind if Daddy spends most of his time refitting the Mary Ellen. It'd be grand if the Mary Ellen was afloat by the time Aunt Jane comes, Amanda agreed. But it's not likely... The mast may not cost us, but you don't find sails or ropes grown on the moor's worse luck. And now I'd best be on my way. I'm walking into the village to buy a bit of dried fruit. Mammy wants to make brack, and we've run out of currants. Now, off with you, Alanna, and get the mussels back to Mammy just as quick as you can. The older girl turned away as she spoke, and Daisy stood for a moment gazing after her, admiring her sister's slender figure and the long, wheat-gold hair which fell almost to her waist. Aunt Jane had said that Amanda looked just like her mother at a similar age, and Daisy thought that must be true, for mother and daughter were alike still. Amanda was fifteen, six whole years older than Daisy herself, and though Daisy considered her far too bossy and quick to correct the younger ones with a clack, she still thought her the prettiest girl she'd ever seen. Now she turned back towards the shore bucket in hand, and headed for the stony little path which led down to the beach, thinking as she did so, how strange it was that her sweet and gentle mother should have a sister who was just the opposite. Jane Dalton was a tartar, strict and demanding, and not slow to hand out a slap either if a child were rude or disobedient, and Daisy, who disliked her aunt, was frequently both. She knew she was not alone in disliking Aunt Jane. None of the older children had any time for their mother's sister, because she disapproved of them and was so strict, and also because she despised their whole way of life. She was fond of reminding the family that Colum had had a good job in Liverpool, working for the railways when he and Maggie had first married, and though she never actually said he had done wrong to return to Connemara and the hard life of a fisherman, the implication was there. There was also the fact that she sometimes referred almost wistfully to those early days when Maggie Dalton had been the belle, according to their aunt, of half Liverpool. There was a butcher on Lee Street and the fellow your mother worked for in the...